three, two, one. Hi everyone, Troy Sage here. And on this episode of Real Estate Talk, which is the first part of April, 2021, we're going to discuss the local market, what buyers need to do to get offers accepted, what sellers need to do to get top dollar for their home, and what is the prediction for the market for the next three to six months. So if you're interested in this information, listen to the entire podcast or watch our video blog. Click the link below. Hi everyone, Troy Sage here on this episode of Real Estate Talk. We are talking about the market, what's gonna happen in the next few months, what buyers need to do to get offers accepted and what sellers need to do to get top dollar. So let's talk about the market across the country right now. I'm gonna generalize this as uh, those of you are aware and uh, have followed me know that I'm a broker in California and Arizona and soon to be in Texas. So let's talk about California and Arizona. This reflects on the rest of the country uh, proportionately to what's happening in the market. So we're not gonna talk pricing uh, per se, but here's what's happening. We have an extremely low inventory everywhere in the country. There is low inventory. So what does that mean? We have no supply and high demand. So with any product that's being sold, including housing, when you have a high demand for certain product prices automatically go up. So in real estate, think about this. The average home in the Southern California area or the greater Phoenix area, when it's listed, there are anywhere from 15 to 50, if not more at times, offers written on that property in the first 48 hours that it hits the internet. So the first 48 hours that it's actually marketed, there are stacks of offers that the seller needs to go through and consider which one that they want. So this is happening everywhere in the country. So if you take the phrase real estate out, look what's happening with lumber right now. Lumber prices have gone up over 30% in a very short period of time. I mean, I don't wanna date myself too much, but I remember buying two by fours for $1.10, $1.25. This wasn't too long ago. I just went to Home Depot to buy a two by four. It's $6.78 here in the greater Phoenix area. Same piece of wood, look at the price. So same thing is happening with housing. High demand, low supplies, and we still have historically low interest rates. So it's very cheap to borrow money. So that's what's happening in the markets right now is, is the, uh, the high demand, the low supply, and inexpensive ways to borrow money below 4%. So that's our, that's our market today. What's also happening in a lot of markets is new construction. So a lot of buyers have gotten into contracts buying new constructions from builders. And in the greater Phoenix area, it's anywhere from 10 months on average to up to two years for that buyer to actually have the home completed. Same thing is happening in Southern California. Um, same thing is happening in the Dallas area. Uh, same thing in the Austin area. The numbers are slightly different. It may not take two years to get keys in each one of these markets. But here's my point. It is such high demand for housing because there is no inventory and because there is such low interest rates that people are buying new construction. 
um, at a rapid pace. Uh, as a matter of fact, in the, uh, the East Valley of uh, the Greater Phoenix area, which would be Gilbert, Chandler, Queen Creek, all the way into Santan, um, they actually closed the models the end of November until the middle of January because everything was sold out. So the builders were not gonna pay their staff to sit in a model home uh, just to tell people there's nothing available. So they're so far behind on building right now that it's very, very difficult to even buy new construction. It's, it can still happen. I don't want to discourage anyone, but understand that the competition is just as great on uh, new construction as it is for resale. One thing that just happened last week is we started receiving letters from builders stating that anyone that currently has a contract to purchase new construction, they are asking that these buyers cancel the contract or they may be waiting a longer period of time. And if they haven't started construction and ordered the construction materials, the price could go up substantially. Um, do I agree with this? No, I don't agree with this. We have a contract in place and if the builders didn't plan for this, they knew that there's a, there's a, a you know, high demand and there's, there's no supply of homes. They should have ordered their wood and materials early, but it's just not how they work and understand that these, uh, these big builders, uh, you know, they have board of directors, they have stockholders, they have shares they have to take care of. So it's all about putting out a good product, but at the end of the day, how much money are they making their shareholders? So if you have a new construction contract, please check the contract to see if there's a loophole in that contract or a cancellation clause for the builder in the event if the price of materials goes up. So don't be surprised if you get an email from a builder and it says, hey, uh, we'll give you a week to cancel this contract and we'll give you your deposit back in exchange for a high five and thank you for wanting to buy a home, but uh, we just don't have the supplies. Now, what do I predict could happen with that? Uh, historically, what I've seen is they cancel escrow, then they market out uh, the property again at a much higher price. So I, I understand both sides. The builder's trying to save themselves from losing money and uh, the buyer really needs to buy a home. So this could get really sticky with new construction. So keep that in mind if you're looking at new construction. So as it stands right now in Southern California and the greater Phoenix area, it's very difficult to buy new construction. The marketing is still out there that, you know, the lenders have lots available, but most truly do not have lots available. I'm not saying all, I'm saying most. They don't have lots available. Matter of fact, um, one of the builders, uh, Lennar, in the greater Phoenix area, they're advertising that there is uh, that they have lots available and they do, but here's how they're doing it. When you sign in with the builder, they send you an email and you now bid on the lots. So they're putting the lots on a lottery, which is doing what it's making the builder a lot more money. So I had a client looking to buy new construction. He got the email and he says, oh my gosh, I bid $20,000 on a 7,500 square foot lot and I got beat and I called the sales office and they said, yeah, well, those lots went in excess of 30,000 a piece. It's just very expensive, very, very, very expensive on a lot that's normally already uh, uh, equated into the purchase price. So I understand the strategies. I don't have to agree with them. I'm just explaining what's going on in new construction. So what do buyers need to do to buy a home right now? Well, if you're looking at new construction, uh, you have to get in line. Absolutely, almost every builder in Southern California and the greater Phoenix area 
you're going to be on a waiting list. You're going to get in line. I would recommend that you work with a real estate agent because the agent may have some inside information on when lots are going to become available to help you. Also working with a real estate agent, you may be able to negotiate a few things. When you go in on your own, it's much more difficult for you to, as a, someone from the general public, to actually negotiate with the builder. Uh, so new construction, get ready to get in line, get registered, go in with an agent, let the agent do the work for you to keep you uh, abreast of what's happening with the lots and how soon they're going to start or complete the process. Plus, it's a good idea to work with an agent so the agent is with you during all the inspection periods to be a second set of eyes, especially an experienced agent that has sold new construction. They're going to be able to help you in the process of your um, your pre-drywall inspection, your electrical inspections, all these walkthroughs that you get to do as a buyer, it's good to have someone with you. And remember, it doesn't cost you a dime as a buyer when you're purchasing resale or new construction. Uh, it doesn't cost you to have an agent represent you. So keep that in mind. So new construction, get in line. Get ready to wait and then get ready to pull the trigger when they say there's a lot available. So a lot of stuff on that. More information on that, you can just uh, email me, troy at troysage.com. I'd love to explain it in more detail. On resale homes, what do buyers need to do? So this is not shocking to current home buyers, but to newer home buyers, it's shocking. Homes are selling way, way above list price 95% of the time. This goes back to supply and demand and how inexpensive it is to borrow money right now. So remember I said earlier, anywhere from 10, 15, 30, up to 100 offers in the first 48 hours that a property hits the market. So as a buyer, what do you need to do? You need to work with a good agent that's going to run comparables for the property to see where it should appraise. That's number one on any home in which you buy. Number two, you really need to work with an agent to see what are the current pending statuses and have the agent reach out to the listing agents of the homes that are pending to see if they can get information on where the offers are. We are seeing equity every week in these homes. So if you see a home that's available at $400,000, be prepared for it to sell for anywhere from five to 10% above list price and sometimes even higher. So if you're maxed at 400, my suggestion is look at home starting at $350,000. Then you're gonna have a chance to play and at least have your offer looked at. If you're maxed at 400 and you write a $400,000 offer, unless the home needs a ton of work, and then depending on your financing, you may not be able to finance that home anyways, but bottom line is if it needs a ton of work, most likely uh, it's gonna be difficult for, for you to get, okay? So number one, look at homes price below what your maximum is. That's number one. Number two, write a strong offer. So depending on where you're at, Southern California or Texas or uh, Arizona, there are different time periods for you to, to do your due diligence. So for example, in Arizona, it's 10 days to do all inspections and uh, read your title report and make sure that the property is free and clear. In Southern California, it's 17 days. So Number one thing that most buyers are doing that are successful in writing offers is we're reducing the contingency period in half. So if you normally have 10 days, we're doing five days. If you normally have 17, we're, we're technically cutting it down to like eight. So it's, you know, it's actually less than half. So number one, cut your contingency periods down in half, get your due diligence done right away. The other thing 
is you're going to want to make sure you have enough money in the bank if the property doesn't appraise to cover the difference between appraised price and the actual sales price. So what you're seeing a lot of right now is homes will say a seller takes a contract at $450,000 with a buyer and the appraiser comes through and it says it's, it's only going to appraise at 430,000. Buyer needs to bring $20,000 to the table. And when I say needs, I say that in today's market. Technically, you don't need to bring any money to the table. You can walk away. But if you want the property, remember, because there's so many buyers that are putting offers in on properties right now, you're going to most likely pay out of pocket the difference between appraised price and the actual uh, sales price or the purchase contact price. Um, so cut down your contingency periods, remove the appraisal contingency, make sure you have the money in the bank to cover that in the event that the appraisal comes in low. And third, one of the things that we're doing in our offers right now is we're writing in escalation clauses. Now, how does that work? So an escalation clause, for example, you write an offer on a property at $400,000, but you're willing to go up to $425,000. So you write the offer at $400,000 with an escalation clause that you will beat any other offer by $1,000 up to $425,000 with proof from the listing agent that there was a higher offer. So some agents will disagree with me, some will agree with me. Uh, there's no right or right, right or wrong way around this. Um, is that scary? Absolutely is scary. Do you need a house? This is what's happening in the market right now. So uh, will uh, do the agents have to show you the other contract? If it's written in your contract and it's a stipulation, yes, they do. Are you taking a risk that it's a fake offer? Well, you could be, absolutely could be. But if you want to play the game where you wanted that 400, but you're willing to pay 425 and you want to get that property, an escalation clause is one technique in which you can use. So hopefully that helps the buyers out and the buyer's agents. If you have questions on escalation clauses, you know, send me an email, troy at troysage.com. I'll explain it to you. We can talk about it on a case-by-case -case basis because each state is different. Each market is different. Matter of fact, if you're in real estate, you understand that each track or even each community is different from the rest. Everything is unique. That's the beauty about real estate. Well, that's where we're at today. There's some tips and tricks um, and things that we're using to help get clients homes right now. Um, for real estate agents, please be kind to each other and be patient. I know this is very hectic. You're all working very hard. And um, I've seen it too many times in the past three weeks mainly in Southern California where agents are arguing who's going to get to come in the property and show it first. Come on guys, get along here. It doesn't matter who, who gets in first. All the offers are supposed to be submitted to the seller for consideration. So have a little bit of kindness. I know there's, there's a competitive edge in this business, but be kind to each other and understand we're all in the same boat. Let's talk about what we feel, what I feel, according to numbers and according to statistics, according to history, what's going to happen in this market during the next three to six months. I've been asked this many, many, many times. Is we're in a bubble, this is going to burst. We're in a bubble, this is going to burst. I don't necessarily agree. Do we have inflated pricing? 110%. Can't even argue that. Is there a bubble? I don't think so. Why? Because predatory lending has been alleviated from the real estate market for over 10 years now. So you can't just go and get a stated income, stated asset loan like you used to back in 2001 through 2007 or into 2007. It actually ended 
around uh, September of 2007. Stated income, stated asset means a buyer could say they make however much money they want to say they make. Uh, so they state their income, they state their assets, and there's no check on that. They don't, the banks weren't, underwriters weren't checking that to see if that was true or not. That is your predatory lending, where they were giving people money for homes in the form of a mortgage for way more than what they could ever afford. To add to it, back 10, 12 years ago, even a little bit longer, they were doing pay option arm which is you could choose to pay a percentage of your interest and you would actually negatively amortize on your loan. So if you borrowed 400,000 and you're only paying part of your interest, the next month you might owe 401,000, the next month 402,000. Well, you do that for a year, you got $12,000 added onto the loan. And then when the market adjusted, these people were upside down. Not everyone, but it happened to a lot of people. So I don't predict this is a bubble because of number one, that reason, of the predatory lending is basically gone. Number two, because it's harder to get a loan to qualify for a loan. So the predatory lending is gone. Also, you have to have much higher FICO scores. You have to have stake in the game before you buy a property now. It used to be you could basically go in with no money. You have $1,000, you're buying a half million dollar home. That's been removed from the real estate system or the real estate market. Also, there are so many people buying homes and there's such a lack of inventory that it's, it just can't, nothing's going to burst. I just don't see it bursting. So let me be direct about this. What I feel is going to happen is there's going to be an adjustment and the adjustment could be as little as instead of seeing three to 10% equity in a short period of time, you might see two to 5% equity. Where, do, where am I getting this from? Because my investors, I've been doing this 34 years, and my investors who were waiting at the end of last year, Q4 of 2020, they were not investing. They were waiting to see what's going to happen. They have all come out and they're all investing. And some are upset with themselves. They didn't continue to invest the first quarter of this year and the last quarter of last year because prices kept going up. We can't predict everything that's going to happen in the market. So I believe there's going to be an adjustment. I do not believe that the market is going to tank. I do not believe that we're going to see uh, homes drop in price. If anything, they may stabilize. And if they drop, think about this, even if they drop 3%, if you bought your house today and it drops 3%, it's nothing. It's nothing. You're going to be in the home for a while. So my advice to buyers, even investors, is have a five-year game plan. Have a three to five to seven-year game plan. You know, the average American right now stays in their home less than seven years. So be careful. Don't use real estate like an ATM. That's what was done back in 2000 through 2007. People were refinancing the house, refinancing, pulling money out, pulling money out, pulling money out, buying RVs, buying quads, buying vacation homes. And all of a sudden, when the market did flip a switch, which is what it felt like, they lost a lot of money. And most were in a short sale situation. Which brings up my last point about the market. People are asking me, what about these forbearances? What about, you know, are we going to see a lot of foreclosures? Are we going to see short sales? Listen, most Americans, I believe NAR put out a report that over 90% of Americans have a minimum of $22,000 in equity in their home. Now, this is a nationwide average. $22,000 is not a lot of money. But if you're selling your property, you're selling a $400,000 property, you can still walk away. If you only have $22,000 in equity, you can still walk away with a little bit of money in your pocket or break even. So you're not losing it. This is not like it was before where prices dropped 
10%, then another 3%, another 15%. You know, by the time we got into 2009, some of the homes where they peaked in 2007 were at a 40% loss. It takes a long time to recuperate 40%. Right now, homeowners have tons of equity. If you just bought last year, even two years ago, my nephew bought a home two years ago, he's probably got close to $100,000 in equity. That hasn't happened in a very long time, if ever. But such high supply, such, uh, I'm sorry, such low supply, such high demand that it's just not going anywhere. So no, I don't believe there's gonna be a bubble. I don't believe this is a bubble. I think there will be an adjustment. I think the adjustment will take until after the spring of this year into the summer. We might see it slow down. Uh, this will give the builders opportunity to get back on track with their construction. Um, the only thing that would make it slow at a more rapid pace than an organic pace would be if the feds increase the interest rates overnight, 1%, half percent. I would say half percent to one and a half percent within a couple of weeks. Again, I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening because when the feds raise their interest rates, it's harder for uh, the general public to borrow money. When it's harder for the general public to borrow money, the banks don't make money. So you guys, if, if you follow me for a while, or if you know me personally, it's always follow the money. Okay. I don't think this is a bubble. I think there will be an adjustment. We will see things start to level off here, but I don't think it's going to level off until probably fourth quarter or the end of the third quarter of this year. That's where we're at for the first week of April, 2021. Uh, if you guys have any questions, any comments, uh, leave your comments. If you're on YouTube, leave them in the, uh, in the comment spot. If you're watching us on Facebook or social media, you can direct message me or put a comment. If you have questions, reach out to me. Um, and if you're a real estate professional or anyone that has to do with real estate and you'd like to be on this uh, podcast and video cast, please let me know. I'd love to set up a time for an interview and let's spread more news and more information to people across the country. This is Troy Sage with Real Estate Talk. I appreciate you watching this video. Please subscribe and share this. And as always, my friends, make it a great day.